The following program has been paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church. From the heart of the Pacific, in Honolulu, Hawaii. Apostolic Faith Church presents the Kingdom of God Crusade. Join us now for another hour of worship with Pastor Han, the church choir, and the band. We hope and pray that you'll find this next hour of blessing. Good morning and praise the Lord, everyone. I'm Head Pastor Blihan Jr. Thank you for joining us today. We welcome you to the Kingdom of God Crusade telecast, being brought to you every Sunday morning, not only here in Hawaii from 8 to 9 a.m., but also in parts of California from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XZ TV, Channel 13 in San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSC, Channel 13 in Palm Springs, from 7 to 8 a.m. on station KBTV, Channel 8 and Comcast Channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU-TV, Channel 28 in Eureka. From 7 to 8 a.m. on station KVME, Channel 20 in Los Angeles, San Bernardino. From 8 to 9 a.m. on station KOTR-TV, Channel, Channel 11 in Monterey. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY, Channel 9 in El Central California and Yuma, Arizona. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR, Channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon. From 5 to 6 p.m. on station KZJO, Channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW, Channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah, and parts of Nevada and Wyoming. From 11 to 12 midnight on station KGBY-TV, Channel 20 in Grand Junction, Colorado. And from 7 to 8 a.m. on Time Warner Cable Channel, 503 in New York City. If you'd like more information on our church and view our Kingdom of God Crusade telecast in its entirety, be sure to visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. The Apostolic Faith Church, located at 1043 Middle Street, is the headquarters of the gospel of the Kingdom of God for the whole world, with the sign on the roof of the temple, Jesus Coming Soon. A landmark in Kali for over 95 years, and our prayer tall, the first of its kind in Hawaii, dedicated exclusively for prayer. The church was founded by the late Charles and Ada B. Lockbaum on August 4, 1923, and passed on to our late chief pastor, William M. Hans Sr. in 1959, who continued the gospel to its fullness. We hope and pray that this telecast will draw you closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and be a real blessing to you, our television audience, saints wherever you are in the shut-ins. That is those of you in the hospitals and convalescent and homes. And should you need prayer or someone to pray over you, please don't hesitate to call the phone number designated at the conclusion of the telecast. Today we are celebrating the 76th anniversary of Amulakai Branch Church, located at 345 Alamalama Avenue in Kanakakai, Molokai. We are all cordially invited to attend our services beginning promptly at 10 a.m. Come and worship with us and hear the wonderful Word of God. 
Your host, Branch Pastor Reginald V. and Mrs. Jesse Ann Kastner Sr. look forward to seeing you. God bless you. In His own image, God created us by the shedding of His blood. He has saved us. And by choosing to put Jesus first in our life, He will prepare us for His coming. Not because He had to, but because He loved us. In John 3, 17, we read, For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. Our church choir, under the direction of Emilia Hahn, will sing this wonderful song entitled, He's Got the Whole World in His Hands. Accompanying them will be Edith Matsuki on the piano and Iris Locke on the organ.
Our time here on earth is fast approaching. Jesus will soon call his bride home to be forever by his side. Will you be ready to meet our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ when he returns in clouds of glory? Will you hear him say, come up hither? If not, why not? Tomorrow is not promised to us, viewers. Today is the day of salvation, so pick up your cross and follow Jesus. The men and women of our church band under my leadership will now play this inspiring anthem entitled, Face to Face.
The deep inner peace we experience comes only from knowing our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the author and finisher of our faith. His words gives us strength and comfort, peace and joy. Wonder and fulfillment that we can share with others how they too can experience the same deep inner peace of knowing Jesus. Our soloist, Pohaku Carter, will sing for us this uplifting song titled, Nearer My God to Thee. Accompanying her will be Iris Locke on the piano, Associate Pastor Marvin Abing on the bass, and Trustee Associate Pastor Edwin Sproat Sr. on the guitar. Nearer my God to thee, nearer to to thee, nay. 
Savior Jesus Christ always nourishes, comforts, cares, and provides for His people. His way is always true and right. His plan of success equates to obedience. So we must run the race set before us and continue to press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. The church choir will delight us in this song entitled, Moving in the Lord's Way. Please join in singing as the words appear on your screen.
should all be ready and waiting for the coming of the bridegroom with our lamps filled with oil. Watch therefore, for ye know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. Blessed with our God-given talents, our instrument, Lisboa Kara, will play for us on her banjo, Irubas, an upbeat tune entitled, Give Me Oil in My Lamp. Hebrews 12.1 states, Wherefore, seeing we are also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. The inspiring words of this song entitled Press On, sung by our husband and wife Dewitt, Mason and Tracy Sano, will encourage you to continue your journey with Jesus down the path of righteousness. It gives me great pleasure to dedicate this wonderful song to a faithful saint in the Lord, she is none other than Mrs. Jerry Grant of Oahu, Hawaii. May the Lord continue to grant you peace, joy, and happiness, and blessings pressed down and overflowing in this life and that to come as you continue your walk with the Lord. Have a fantastic Sunday, Jerry. Steep when the blood. 
Shalom and good morning. I'm Associate Pastor Melvin Honda, and would like to repeat our television time, stations, and locations in the continental United States for our viewing audience, especially if you plan to visit or reside in California. These telecasts can now be viewed every Sunday morning from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XDTV channel 13 in San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSC channel 13 in Palm Springs, from 7 to 8 a.m. on station KBTV channel 8 and Comcast Channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU-TV Channel 28 in Eureka, from 7 to 8 a.m. 
on station KVME Channel 20 is Los Angeles San Bernardino. From 8 to 9 a.m. on station KOTR-TV Channel 11 in Monterey. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY Channel 9 in El Centro, California and Yuma, Arizona. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR-TV Channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon. From 5 to 6 a.m. on station KZJO Channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW Channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah, and parts of Nevada and Wyoming. From 11 to 12 midnight on station KGBY TV Channel 20 in Grand Junction, Colorado. From 7 to 8 a.m. on Time Warner Cable Channel 503 in New York City. If you'd like to know more about our gospel work and view our Kingdom of God crusade telecast in its entirety, please visit our website on JesusComingSoon.org. And now concerning the schedule of gospel services here in our home state, Hawaii, services are held at the temple every Tuesday and Friday at 7 p.m. On Sunday, gospel services start at 10 a.m. and divine healing service at 7 p.m. Sunday school for all ages begin at 9 a.m. and prayer service are held daily in the prayer tower at 2 p.m. except on Fridays at 10 a.m. At our Kaimiki Branch Church located at 1361 Palo Avenue, gospel services are held Sundays and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. The same schedule is observed by neighbor island branch churches as services are also conducted by Pastor Reginald V. Castaneda Sr. in Kanakakai, Molokai, by Pastor Kenneth M. L. Verio in Lahaina, Maui, by Pastor Walter I. Tinloy in Hilo, Hawaii, by Pastor Lenny K. Wayasanos in Koloa, Kauai, by Pastor Hannibal Espero in Balogo, Pikawayan, and by Pastor Vespia Espero in President Rojas, Cotabato, Mindanao, Philippines. You are welcome to attend these services regardless of church affiliations. There are no collections. However, if you decide to voluntarily contribute to support these telecasts and the Lord's work, you may do so by sending your donation to the address designated at the conclusion of the telecast. And now, I'd like to turn our program back to Head Pastor Billy Hahn Jr., who will bring forth his Spirit-directed and Spirit-inspired sermon. Pastor Billy? Thank you, Melvin. The signs of the times are upon us because the hearts of men are turning towards ungodliness. Today, there is an unbelievable amount of turmoil all over the world brought on by man's hate, greed, and desire for supreme power. Therefore, it is more important than ever to seek and find Jesus. I pray that my sermon entitled, Jesus, the only person who could straighten out the world, will give you the opportunity to consider what Jesus has to offer you. If you will but hear his voice, I caution you, don't reject the word of God, and above all, don't reject the Lord. Hopefully, in due time, others will be able to see Jesus in you rather than merely you in you. Always bear in mind, many are called, but few are chosen. If you want to spend eternity in paradise with the Lord, then you want to be among the chosen. Let us begin with the sermon. What is the greatest thing that could happen to the world? Someone will say, oh, if we could only have a world peace, that would be the best thing that could happen to the world then our finest men and women will not be giving their lives on the battlefields of the world. Then we can use the billions that we spend on defense and war for the benefit of mankind. Yes, that would be a wonderful thing. 
Someone else would say, oh, if we could only supply the physical needs of men all of the world, that would be great. Today, millions live in poverty. Millions go to bed hungry and homeless every night. Just picture the local street people, the local beach people and so forth, who go from street to street, from beach to beach, to find shelter for the night. If we could supply them with good, affordable homes and good clothes, good food, that would be wonderful. Still, someone else might say, oh, if we could only find a cure for cancer and the other diseases that cuts people down, that would be great. Indeed, it would be wonderful for every day we hear of many fine people succumbing to familiar and new diseases. Someone else would say, oh, if we could settle racism and get rid of communism and let all men live together as brothers, that would be awesome. But the greatest thing that could happen to the world would be for Jesus to return. He would solve all of our problems. He would straighten out the world. He would give us an era of peace, plenty, and prosperity. Now, as I speak of his coming, I want to make these points from the infallible word of God. One, the proof of his coming is found in the Bible. The Bible is God's word to man. If you believe in the Bible, you must believe that Jesus is coming again. The Old Testament is full of this truth. In the Old Testament, there are two lines of prophecy concerning Christ's coming to the world. The first tells us of his first coming as a suffering savior. We read in Isaiah 53, 5. But he was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. Now picture him in the garden of Gethsemane, praying and sweating great drops as if of blood. We read in Luke 22, 42 to 44, saying, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will but thine be done. And there appeared an angel unto him from heaven, strengthening him. And being in an agony, he prayed more earnestly. And his sweat was, it were great drops of blood falling down to the ground. Yes, picture Jesus giving his back to the smiters. The bloody welts forming, the blood flowing down to his garments. But most of all, him on the cross of Calvary, bleeding his life away for us and enduring the most excruciating pain imaginable. All this is a fulfillment of the first line in the Old Testament. The second line of prophecy in the Old Testament concerns his coming in glory as King of kings and Lord of lords. As we read the prophecies, we find that a mighty conqueror is coming in great majesty and power. This is exactly the opposite of his coming as a great suffering servant. The first line of prophecy portrays his first coming. When he suffered and died for our sins, the second line of prophecy portrays him coming as a great God of heaven and earth. Read John 1, 11 to 12. He came unto his own and his own received him not. The first, his own is neuter and speak of his own possessions, including the Jewish people. 
Then the second, his own received him not. That is through their leaders, they officially rejected the Lord Jesus Christ as their king. But as many as received him, to them he gave him power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Why didn't his people receive him? Over the centuries, they had looked forward to the coming of the Messiah. They had talked about it, sung about it, longed for it, prayed for it. Why didn't they receive him when he did come? It was because they were looking at only one line of prophecy. They expected him to come as a conquering king who threw off the yoke of Rome and set up again the kingdom of Israel in all the glory that was theirs during the golden age of King David. They neglected the first line of prophecy, even as many people today neglect the second line. Thus, when he came to suffer and die, as the poorest of the poor and the humblest of the humble, his people did not recognize nor receive him. Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 2, 8, which none of the princes of this world knew. For had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But today we stand on this side of Calvary. And as we study Bible prophecy, we are looking for him to come as Lord of Lords and King of Kings. We are not looking for a humble person to come and die on the cross, but we are looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior Jesus Christ, as found in Titus 2.13. If you want positive proof of his coming, just read the New Testament, and this great truth will leap out at you. It is mentioned 318 times in the New Testament. Many today do not believe on the second coming of Jesus in clouds of glory. The Lord said that in the latter days, scoffers would arise who would mock the idea of the Lord's return. Read 2 Peter 3, 3 to 4. Knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers walking after their own lusts and saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as it were for the beginning of the creation. The thought of the scoffers is this. Since he has not yet come back to this earth, we do not believe his coming at all. But God's word is still true, and in it are many promises concerning the second coming of Christ. Secondly, the plan of his coming. There are really two phases of his coming. In fact, two separate comings. Yes, the Lord himself will break through the blue skies, leave heaven and come back for his own. Those who are water washed, blood washed, spirit filled and walking in the light. First, Jesus will come in the air. At that time, he will not alight upon this earth and will come thusly for a special purpose. Reading 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 to 18. But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep that he sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. An observation I would like to insert here is that some of the true born-again Christians had died, and their friends feared they would be overlooked and miss the rewards at the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul therefore explained that all saints who sleep in Jesus will rise first, and secondly, all living saints will be caught up with them to meet the Lord in the air. This event is known as the rapture, it will be the first resurrection. Continue with the scriptures, for if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, 
Even so them also we sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. And these are very comforting words for this present time in which we live. Can any words be plainer than these? It is not hard to understand that Jesus is coming in the air for his own. It is Jesus that is coming, not another. Read Acts 1, 9 through 11. And when he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up. And a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus which is taken from you into heaven shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. This same Jesus shall come again in the same way that he went away. He went away in his glorified body. He will return in his glorified body. He went away as a person. He will return as a person. He was seen ascending. He will be seen descending. He was taken up in the clouds. He will return in the clouds. When he returns, angels and believers of all ages will be with him. The number one priority for every true born-again Christian today is to be witnessing, watching, and praying until he comes. He could come at any minute. At any minute, we might hear the shout, the voice of the archangel, and the trumpet of the Lord, and those three words, come up hither. When you ask people, do you think Jesus will come back today? They probably reply, we think not. But Jesus tells us in Matthew 24, 44, Therefore be also ready, for in such an hour as ye think not, the Son of Man cometh. The conditions of the world is worsening, and I believe that his coming is near. Time has already run out. There is no more time left. Read me Matthew 24, 6 through 8. And ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. According to one magazine, there are about 40 wars going about in the world today, not including any of the jog wars. See that he be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And we ask ourselves, isn't it happening right now? In our own backyards, even black against whites, whites against blacks, and nations who used to be friends or allies fighting against each other. And there shall be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in diverse places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. All of the world people and children are dying of starvation. Speaking of pestilences, we seem to have a number of them. The major formidable one today being AIDS and so many other bad diseases. There have been earthquakes everywhere. Major ones resulting in loss of lives and properties. 
Thus we see there is nothing but catastrophe and destruction all over the face of the earth. All these are the beginning of sorrows. If these are the beginning of sorrows, I don't want to be around when the great tribulation comes. Yes, there are bloodsheds and violence all over the world. Sin, graft, riots, arsons, hijackings, carjackings, bombs and lootings are among the evils that are happening in our own backyards and countries. Who can straighten it all out? The president can't do it. Congress can't do it. The United Nations can't do it. It will take more than a superman to do it. It will take a supernatural man to do it. And that man is the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the only one who can straighten out the world. As I look at the conditions that exist in the world, I don't see how things can go on as they are much longer. The Lord will have to come back to straighten out the world. But before he comes back, we must straighten out ourselves first. How, you may ask? You do simply by being born of water and of the Spirit. There are many today who live good, clean lives. They serve well in civic duties. They are honest in business. They are kind to their loved ones. They even go to church and are faithful in their tithes and offerings. But let me tell you, that is not enough. You can't rest your hope of entering heaven upon your goodness or works. Read in Ephesians 2, 8 through 9, For by grace are we saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. We know that Nicodemus came to Jesus by night. And the Lord spoke to Nicodemus about the new birth. Reading John 3, 2, The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. Nicodemus was not satisfied with the rites and ceremonies in which he participated. Jesus advised him, unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. Listen to John 3, 5. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. To be born of water is to be baptized by immersion in the name of Jesus Christ, according to Acts 2.38. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and he shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. To be born of the Spirit means to speak in an unknown tongue or language which is the Bible's way of proving the baptism of the Holy Spirit. When Jesus used the word born, Nicodemus could think nothing but of a physical birth. Thus he questioned, how can these things be? I'm an old man. Can I go back into my mother's womb the second time and be born? With all his religious background, we can see that Nicodemus didn't understand spiritual truths. The second birth is a spiritual birth. We find that baptism is essential to salvation, and Jesus confirms this in Mark 16, 16. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. Acts 4.12 declares, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Yes, God has highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, and that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. This has not come to pass, but it will surely happen when Christ comes again to rule and reign. First, he comes 
in the air to rapture the saints, dead and living into heaven. At the judgment seat, he will judge every Christian's works and hand them their rewards. Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians 5:10, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. During this time, the tribulation period of Jacob's seven years of trouble would take place on earth. We read in Matthew 24, 21, for then shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time, no, nor ever shall be. As the title implies, it will be a time of great trouble and distress, but true born-again Christians will not be here. They'll be gone up to be with the Lord. We read in 1 Thessalonians 5, 9 through 10, for God hath not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. On his succeeding return, he will not stop in the air, but will come down to earth, and his feet shall stand on the Mount of Olives, as you read in Zechariah 14. And his feet shall stand in that day upon the Mount of Olives, and the Lord shall come, and all the saints with him be. What is the purpose of his coming? Why will he come to in the air? First, he will come to raise us up, all those who sleep in Jesus, be it from the graves or from the bottom of the sea, from the sands of the desert, and so forth. Jesus' favorite word is come. Maybe that is what he will shout when he comes. And as those bodies rise up to me, they will not be as they were when they died. No, those diseased, broken, emancipated, and or aged bodies will be transformed into his own glorious likeness. We read Philippians 3, 21, who shall change our vile body that we may be fashioned like unto his glorious body according to the working, whereby he is able even to subdue all things unto himself. Yes, Jesus will change all worthless or human bodies so that we will be perfect and live forever. Jesus performed many wonder-working miracles while he was here on earth, and but when he comes, when he comes and changes all, who are sorry, simple human beings into his own glorious likeness, when they are made like himself, that will be the greatest miracle of all. When a saint dies, his body is buried in the ground, but his soul and spirit, his real self, goes up to be with the Lord. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 5:8, we are confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. He also said in Philippians 1:23, for I am in a strait betwixt two, having the desire to depart and to be with Christ, which is far better. He was simply bearing out a truth that the soul and the body are separated at death, with the soul and the spirit going to on to be with Jesus. When Jesus returns, he will bring our spirits, our souls with him. He will raise up our bodies, soul and body will be joined again, and then, and not until then, we will be complete in him. Next, when he emerges in the air, he will catch up all living Christians to be with him. They will not go through the experience of death. Some may be in the church, some may be at home, some may be at work, some may be asleep. But wherever they may be, they will be snatched up from the world like eagles snatches up its prey and carries it to the heights. No one will be left. All will go up to meet the Lord and their loved ones in the air. And as they go up, they too will be transformed to His glorious likeness. You see, the tribulation period is coming to this world. All the wars, bloodshed, troubles, accidents, earthquakes, tornadoes, and sorrows of this present age will not compare with that period. God does not want His people to suffer these things. Therefore, He will take them up to be with Him. Isn't that wonderful and awesome? And finally, we prepare by coming to Him for full and free salvation. There is only one way to be saved, and that is through repentance toward God and faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. When Jesus arrives in the air and when the trumpet sounds, there will be no more opportunities for anyone to be saved. When Paul came to the end of the way, he said, I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. 
I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. And not to me only, but also unto all of them also that love is appearing. Are you ready to meet Jesus in the air? It won't happen if you do not first meet him here on earth. We prepare by living consecrated Christian lives. The Bible says that if a man has this hope, he purifies himself. Since chances are such that if we may meet him at any minute, we should straighten out our lives and cast aside everything that would be wrong in his sight. And if you would like to know more about God's word, the church, and review these telecast presentations in its entirety, please visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. Until our next telecast, this is your host, Head Pastor Billy Han Jr. Expressing my sincerest patience to each of you who have allowed us to come into your homes. May the good Lord bless and keep you all in the hall of his hands. To end another glorious hour of the Kingdom of God Crusade telecast is our church band playing this upbeat and encouraging song entitled, Hold the Fort.
program was paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church.